This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to us on ShrimpNet. This is the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Uh, today, we look back at the activity both in and out over the transfer window, uh, as well as review of the away fixtures at Accrington and Sheffield Wednesday, and a preview of Bolton and the Lincoln games. And also, we have a, a special guest appearing later on from the D3-D4 podcast, who we'll come to in good time. But uh, as usual, from the Trust, we have with us uh, the esteemed member for uh, Jolden. Welcome along. <laughs> Smooth intro, I like it, thank you. <laughs> uh, and a, as a treat for the years today, we have uh, the duo of your dreams, uh, the ventriloquist act to end variety forever, from the boardroom forever friends, the laconic fixer, Charlie Appleyard. Welcome along, Charlie. You freeze. And his comedy sidekick, the effervescent James Wakefield. Hi, you freeze. Welcome along, James. Um, we'll start at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start. Uh, Accrington away. Um, we don't usually get much there. It usually falls down. So we've gone against the grain on two counts there, Joel. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> just turning up to Accrington and it not raining. Uh, <laughs> you know, in fact, that was a, that was a pretty positive start to the day. And obviously, in, in the first half, it was quite. It was an interesting game, obviously. Despite it not raining, the, the weather conditions were still quite notable in, in how windy it was. And, and Accrington had that had that win in the first half. And th- their game is, you know, get the ball forward as quickly as possible. They've got lots of big players. And then, well, in, in addition to that, get lots of numbers up around them. You know, pick up the loose balls. You know, get, get it into the box as quickly as you can. Get lots of shots away. And having the win, that kind of tied in quite nicely with, with how they wanted to play. And, and, and it told, we, you know, we had to take a lot of pressure. But what I thought we did do well is, is kind of at the other end of the pitch. Like, ultimately, the way they play does leave them exposed. And, and they have conceded a lot of goals this season. And, and we exploited that well. Like, it wasn't just them being incom- incompetent at the back. It was us exploiting weaknesses that, that were there. Uh, and you know we we did that really really well. So while on the balance of play two nil probably flattered us a little bit, we did well to ex- you know you come into football matches with a game plan. We did well to exploit that. Obviously, I think on the overall kind of balance of the play from the match, I think we can't really be too disappointed with a point from that. But on the flip side, you know that the, their two goals were came from poor refereeing. You know John O'Sullivan doing an American football block on a. Uh, on Trevor Carson, although I don't think uh, we can really complain too much about uh, John O'Sullivan being smart with referees. Maybe, maybe we had that one coming, but uh, and obviously the second one, Cooney gets the ball for the free kick. But at the end of the day, you know, we dug in, and again, it's probably one of those we might have lost before this January transfer window. We've had to kind of, you know, fix a few issues. I think Reese Bennett coming in, uh, poor guy, I hadn't met anybody before the day. Took a took a bit to adjust, but the second half, you know, he was he was rock solid. Won a lot in the air. You know, really came for a lot of first contacts. I think has always been already been highlighted by the manager. So yeah, overall, I think 
we've got to feel positive about taking the point from that and it not raining on us. And uh, look, James, I'll come to you now. Um, a stat that I was told, which I haven't checked, but I was told is from a reliable source, in the, the 72 in the Football League, Accrington starting 11 on Saturday is the tallest possible, <laughs> which I can quite believe because there was only the fullback and John O'Sullivan who were under six foot. Though it was like it was like uh, it was like playing against Manhattan skyline. I know, and, and I tell you what, to shove a, cent- a centre centre half up front from literally the beginning of the second half as well. I mean, yeah. he, he, um, Coley wasn't messing about, was he? He knew exactly what he was what he was trying to do. So I, I actually think they played the conditions well. Um, I watched it on, on iFollow, and um, you know, we had a really good um, really good go at them in the first half. But they did play the conditions well, so you got to give them credit um, for, for for what they did. Um, I thought the result was probably probably about right in the end. Yeah, you look at it, Charlie, um, 1,168 fans we took, which is almost double the 571 they brought to us. It was a fantastic turnout, great atmosphere, good old Lancashire derby, and I, I, we'd, have been, we'd have taken a point beforehand, wouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, it, we were 2-0 up, but they they nearly scored about, they were just this far wide, weren't they, on three or four occasions, I think. You know, half-time, I looked at the stats, and 25 shots in the first half, Yeah. I think. So all in all, I know the goals we conceded weren't great, but uh, you know you knock on the door twenty-five times with a strike force they've got. They're going to score a couple. I think I know we'll talk Sheffield Wednesday in a second. I know, I know we've got four goals in the last two games, but I think we defended really, really well. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll move on to that now. Um, Sheffield Wednesday. It was a, a very, very, a very, very strange, strange thing going up to Hillsborough um, and pinching myself that we're actually going to watch Morecambe for a start because obviously as you know I'm a, 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 a in my youth I followed Chelsea a lot and I've been there three times with Chelsea and never seen them win <laughs> best they got was a draw so I was like mm, not a good ground for us but um it's actually it's actually changed quite a bit since I was last there but it's changed for the better it's a, it's a, a fantastic stadium and to get 20,000 in this division when they're not exactly setting it alight is absolutely brilliant but to move on from what Charlie said, um, a great defensive performance. I thought they were a good side, Joel, on the night. I thought they were just ha- very strong and just half a yard quicker than us. So we did well to hang in for so long. That's how I saw it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they've got a load of really, really good players who spent their majority of their careers in the championship or above. So sometimes they, they are going to be able to dominate the ball if they're on it. And they, and, and, and they were on it. And... Obviously, our game plan was always going to be to let them have the ball and try and keep them in less dangerous areas. I think they maybe probably had a bit more territory than we probably would have liked from the initial game plan. But saying that, I think we defended the, around the area really, really well. Like there, there weren't really many kind of when they were having shots, they were doing it kind of. They were snapshots. They were under pressure. They weren't kind of fluffing open goals. Obviously, there's that one that Cooney blocks off the line. That was probably the uh, the closest, but uh, again, the fact that Cooney was there to make the block was a testament to how we were kind of defending as a team. Everybody was, you know, we were making sure we had numbers back to defend against the. Let's be honest, a lot of quality that they have, and I think comparing again to how we've been previously this season, I think having that, we've got that bit more steel to kind of be able to make. While we were getting, do- you know, Chef Wednesday had a lot of the ball, and they they did dominate for periods of that first half. But we didn't make it easy for them to get chances. They had to really work, despite having a lot of the ball. 
And you know that that that's a positive you take from that. Obviously, the second half shape change. I think it was the right call. To be honest, it meant that we could have uh, Joe and Ryunga up, up front with Cole. Uh, to so when we were, when I don't think we were having much chance to counter because Cole was quite isolated in the first half. A younger next to him kind of evens it up a bit, and then really good hit for their first goal. It happens sometimes when you've got a lot of pressure, the averages go against you. It's a great hit, and then a lot of pressure from ourselves. And from that point, I thought we we did really really well. Uh, obviously, that that got my scramble. Uh, not quite sure how that didn't go in. That was very unfortunate. Adam Phillips, who had a really good game, I thought. Kind of like you can, I think, you know, before his injury at Crew, he was playing really, really well. Uh, so it's good to see him kind of be able to come back in the side. He was trying lots of things. Nothing quite came off, but there were a lot of merely moments. And, and that's, that, that's what he's all about, you know, make, making things happen. And he, and he did that really well and trying to really force the issue a bit. But yeah, uh, second goal, I donn't think we can read much into that. Really, is a yeah, exactly. We're chasing the game. We've got all our players at the pitch, and and sometimes that's going to happen in stoppage time. But it's a shame. But I think we, we, we I think a few people will probably said this. This isn't the game that uh, defines relegation or promote or, or or staying up. You know, they're such a good team. They've got such good players that yeah, we'll try and get a result, and we want to win against them. But ultimately, you know, it's the you know. Your Shrewsbury's and your Gillians, who we've got the coming weeks, who we kind of are the priority in some ways, you know. Our battles are for definitely for another day. And uh, looking at looking at that performance on the night, uh, some saved by Trevor Carson, James, with his face. <laughs> yeah. Even um, Josh, Win- Josh Winders smacked it against him and then looked like he'd killed him. Uh, it was right in front of us in the away end, and he was like, and went up and went, Are you all right? Because he was just like, and there was blood all over his face. It was horrible, that wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was a he proper proper lamped it. That's happened to all of us in Sunday League or five aside. But it's not from Josh Windass, is it? No. Um, and he was about two yards away from him. I don't think Trevor. I don't think Trevor knew much about it. To be to be fair, it was a brilliant instinctive save, should we call it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, but um, and and Kyle did pretty well when he came on. Um, there were there was understandably from where we were, it looked like maybe Kyle was a bit flat-footed for their goal, but. Um, ultimately, Kyle did okay. Came for a couple of corners. Kendrick did a couple of punches. Did all he could, and uh, people were saying, "Oh, maybe Trevor would have stopped that." You can never tell. It's one of them <laughs> things, isn't it? Not sure about that. I think Kyle. I think Kyle had a good game. To be fair to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the point would be, I would make would be that um, couldn't be two more contrasting styles in football between African Stanley and Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. You no, know, and we and we we we, we were admirably we defended admirably both both counts, you know. Both their they got shift with his goal, amazing strike. I don't think anyone could have saved it personally. But um the second goal was absolute fluke deflection. And if that's what they have to score to win, then we've done well. We should be very proud. And I'm gonna I'm gonna concentrate on, on what you said there, Joel, and the fact that uh, there was a couple of lads in front of us criticizing um Adam Phillips. And uh, for me, I thought he played quite well. But his free kick, which in the end led to the goal mouth scramble that looked like ping pong, uh, that was just sublime. That was premiership quality. The way he whipped that in and got it up over down was absolute genius. Yeah, it was so lovely. And I think those those free kicks from those slightly more central positions that are a bit further out, they're hard to kind of hit well because you're not at a particularly good angle. You can't really whip it or kind of hit and swing it or, or whatever or curl it away from the keeper. It's just 
it, it, it's it's difficult to hit it in a, in a way that's not just going to be quite comfortably gobbled up by the keeper. I think the what I think the only criticism you could you could put on Phillips from that game is that the maybe was was the odd time when he was trying too hard. Maybe he was coming a bit too deep to get the ball when he may maybe should have let somebody take the ball forward and then let him take it in a more dangerous area. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm, I'm not going to criticise him for that really because. He was just eager to make a difference, especially when we're behind, you know, we're chasing the game and the kind of player he is, you don't want to inhibit that too much because allowing him that kind of little bit of freedom just to kind of get on the ball and make a difference is is what, you know, ultimately will lead to him having those kind of match-winning, goal-getting moments that we know he's got in his locker. But from a, um, uh, from a board of directors' point of view... Um, it's the sort of realisation that we are in quite a big league when you're turning up at places like Hillsborough on a Tuesday night and there's nearly 20,000 there, James. It shows you how far we've come. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I've, I've never, I, I wasn't there the other night. Obviously, I've, I've never seen Morecambe play at Hillsborough, but I've seen other teams play at Hillsborough, um, which says a lot, doesn't it? Um, I just, I, I think going going back to Phillips, he, he, he goes on a pitch when when there's somebody else who he wants to be better than and he's he's actually got he's always got a point to prove and I genuinely think he ran out on the pitch the other night thinking I'm as good as Bannon and I think that that, that that's that's something that's that's in his head that's not in many players heads so again you know people can criticize all of our players it's, it's their absolute right and prerogative but since he, he played against Portsmouth away I think I think um, Adam's been on, on pretty decent form he's been unlucky with a couple of injuries but he's looked sharp in games um, of late, and I think um, I think that could that could make a real difference in the second half of the season. And uh, Charlie, um, a, another great turnout from the fans, and uh, the the sort of um, the young and the old have been, uh, shall, shall we say, having a, a slight, slight, should we call it banter on the Facebook pages, etc. Skirmishes, skirmishes, um, yeah, skirmishes, yeah. Um, but obviously, we're all Morecambe fans, and from that point of view, uh, you know, everybody's entitled to an opinion. Um, it, it seems to be the one song that's upset the oldies and the youngies think it's all right to sing it and it happens everywhere. But bizarrely, what happened at, at Wickham the following game uh, was that MK Don sang it and they stopped the game. So it it, it just shows that they were sort of moving on a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always tough, right? We've got the um, established old fans, those young fans. We've got the new young older fans, the new younger fans, all different uh, backgrounds, different... Um, um, prepared for the match in different ways, um, and uh, it's all uh, it's never going to be harmonious. Being shoved together in a Bartercard stand or a you know Accrington away end, all together, not really knowing each other. It's a bit, a bit of a strange social experiment, isn't it? Really, in some ways. But like you say, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, really. All supporting Morecambe and uh, James. What are you going to say about all that? <laughs> I just think, you know, there's not many... Cl- in fact, I don't know of a club that's doubled its, its attendances home and away in the short, as, as short a space of time as we've done. Um, and that's a testament to, to every, every fan, every, every member of staff at the club, um, to Derek, to Stephen, to everybody involved, to, to you guys, to, you know, to Collins running, running shrimps online. And, um, it, it, you know, it, it, there's not many clubs that do this. And as a result, everybody's having to cope with some growing pains. That's, that's all it is for me, growing pains. Um, yeah. People need to get to know each other. People need to you know, you remember the importance of the respect and tolerance and being inclusive. Um, the, the 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 rubbish songs, the songs that just aren't appropriate, need to go. But you know, it's not that's that's not a Morecambe thing. That's just a, a football fan thing. So yeah. that'll that'll happen. But yeah, everybody just needs to 
to sort of look around and go, it's not about us fighting with one another, it's about us directing as much noise as possible over there towards the other end. Um, and it's, yeah. a, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful problem to have. So I, I genuinely think it's just, it's just a case of growing pain. Um, and there's lots of those. You know, earlier in the season, we, we couldn't physically get enough pies um, into the concessions. Um, we couldn't get enough card machines working. Suddenly we had a problem because the, um, the the turnstile capacity on the Berlin Wall was 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 was, was being um, was being pushed, and the, all of these things are good problems. But I just think it's growing pains. Perfectly natural, and um, we'll get over them, and, and we'll direct our noise to the other end. Well, in my experience, obviously at Aki, I was in the seats because I thought it rained and it didn't, which was you know amazing. And I was in the seats, but obviously the the people behind the goal were absolutely fantastic and at a couple of points they were singing stand up if you love more coming it most people stood and uh, you know we all got together which was fantastic and uh, uh, again at, at Hillsborough um, stood there we stood we stood amongst young and old uh, and the atmosphere was fantastic and we were still singing right to the end because obviously you know I mean some of it was derogatory about you're not famous anymore to Wednesday and what have you which I thought was quite funny um, but yeah, uh, and it just shows that we can stand together. We, there might be disagreements on the, you know, on, on, on the, uh, on the songs and what have you. And like you say, it will iron itself out. But uh, to the youngies, if you're bothering listening to the oldies on this, as well as the youth with Joel, uh, keep doing what you're doing because the, the noise you're making is fantastic, and you're encouraging us oldies to join in. So moving on, um, let's talk about. Well, now the transfer window was closed uh, and it was a massive relief. I posted on Facebook at two minutes to 11 saying the window is almost closed. And Mark Lewis put uh, somebody smiling on, as a car window went up as 11 o'clock drove up. And here we are. Um, nothing came in for Cole, guys. Surprised? Go on, Charlie. No, I'm surprised. We're very happy. <laughs> you know... I, I don't, don't know the reasons exactly, and I'm sure there must be some inquiries. There's no official offers other than that. But um, Cole's been great. I think he's held himself really well. He's been really focused. He hasn't let, he hasn't uh, been distracted. He's been, he's been really supportive of social media announcements on every game, saying let's go. You know, seems focused on it. Um, I think he's just a great lad, and um, you know he's got a year and a half left on his contract. Um, like Stephen said in the media, we're looking at another contract um, potentially in the next few weeks. Um, but um, all in all, absolutely delighted, really. Um, I think it, it's, it's like having a, it's like signing a 20 goal strike half through the season when everyone thinks we're going to go. But I don't think we'd have, uh, the board and the club, we would have uh, liked to have let him go. I think I, I'll, I'll add to that, like, we had no desire or wish to, to to sell coal, but equally, um, you know, we said it from the, from from the very beginning. We we don't want to stand in anybody's way in terms of opportunity, and it's a it's a fine balance to strike. You want the best players at the club. We want to progress, so you can't then you know stand in the way of opportunities arise. Um, but we we didn't want to sell coal this window. We had no intention of doing so. Um, and I wonder one, one thing I will say is, and every transfer window this happens, but every rumor that spins around, and I won't mention any of the names of the, the Twitter accounts that are responsible for them. Oh my word, their sources are just atrocious. <laughs> absolute, <laughs> absolute, absolute nonsense. Going, going crazy, and people, people, well, like, oh, 
Honestly, mm -hmm. whenever whenever you hear a number quoted, it's not come from the club. It's it, it double it, triple it in terms yeah. of you know what we what, what we think. Yeah. It's just absolute nonsense. I know it's um, funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's, so it's, the, the, we're really pleased. My, my, we're really source, pleased my sources on Fantasy Island say. <laughs> Honestly, the numbers on transfermarket.com are more accurate. Would have had to be a huge, huge figure because you know, like Colin Goldring said in the board meeting on last week, you know, our League One status is so so important. Um, Cole's so important to the club, he's a great guy, and uh, for, for us to have considered selling him, we've had to be blockbuster money, and uh, that's never happened anyway, so rest assured, the board are not looking to sell um, any time. Cole's now got his eyes set on, on surely, on, on being the League One top scorer. Yeah. You know, that's, 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 a, that's a goal which is, which is firmly there in front of him now, um, and, you know, we hope he achieves it and then you know we hope he stays with us as long as possible but equally we hope he achieves that and people really do start to think wow um but yeah it's 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 good news um so i'll come to got that joel yeah um we come to now to the, the window itself and um it was fairly obvious to everybody including robbo that we were uh, lacking in a, a few areas uh, and looking at the business that's been done in January, everybody, um, I think he's done pretty well in, in attacking that, Joel. Yeah, definitely. I think it was pretty clear. I think he, he said it in a few interviews, and, uh, and as fans, I think we all felt similar to that. There were certain areas of a team of the team that did need kind of seen to. And to be honest, he, he's gone at those really, really effectively. Uh, you know, we, we're very happy. We've seen a lot of performances from... Uh, Jacob Badu and Tra Trevor Carson so far. I think they're the ones that we can judge the most and they've been brilliant. Both of them really, really good. Really, really um, happy with those transfers because they, yeah, we've seen how much of a success they've been so far. Reese Bennett, so far, he's looked a good transfer. Kind of brings something that we didn't really have as much. You know, He's a really big guy. And he's really strong, great in the air. Likes to get in ahead of his man as well, which is quite nice to see. Uh, Osman Fain, we've not seen too much of him yet, but it was really lovely against Wickham being able to bring on, when we're defending a one-goal lead late on, a, a proper defensive midfielder because we've not really had that option all season. So to be able to kind of have that option off the bench in case we need to see out a game, really, really useful. And then obviously up from um, Dylan Conley, obviously we haven't seen a great deal. We saw him for a few minutes against Wednesday, but it was at a funny point in the game. We've not seen enough to judge him yet, obviously, but we know he's quick. Uh, that's something that maybe we didn't quite have as much of in our front line. And even if he's not necessarily going to start every game, he's going to provide competition, but he might end up starting every game from that. And also just something different, because ultimately sometimes teams kind of work out a way of dealing with your attack. You need to switch it up and have a little bit of personnel. And that's not to slate our current personnel. It's just what you need in attack sometimes, what you need to kind of in your slide and your squad overall. So overall, I think we can say it's been from a kind of recruitment perspective, a, a pretty damn successful window. I, I have one question for the for the for both chaps from the board here, and the fact that um, I, I, as I proved in my pre-match amble, my uh, my my foreign accents are pretty good, and I could swear it's Usman Fane, but the club have come out with Fane, and I'm like, is that is that are we are we being politically correct here because we don't want people singing songs about. Uh, we won't, well, you're only here for the farm, eh? <laughs> Jay? Definitely a question for you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll find out and get back to you. Uh, honestly, it's got it's got a little squiggle over the E, which means <laughs> you, it's an accent, so it's Farnay. 
Fane is quite. I mean, Fane sounds more like our, our physio and, and well, it does. Goalkeeper. It does. But the the point being is, I, I was saying to everybody, all oh, that we've signed Usman Fane, and looking at him, he is French, and obviously I was like, well. Why have we come out with Fane? As he said, call me Fane, otherwise they'll sing naughty songs. I don't know, I'm just saying it. Anyway. I, on, 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 the, on the transfer window, should I talk to you about how we went about transferring? Well, that, that's what I was just going to say was obviously we've had six out, five in. How, how did that go for, for from a club's point of view? Well, um, Stephen and Martin have been fantastic and obviously been ongoing. When did Martin start? Probably three, four months ago. Yeah. But so hundreds and hundreds of games, you know, it's the game inside out, there's lots of contacts. And uh, we had a meeting probably last week in November, James, was it probably? And, uh, yeah. and uh, Stephen and Martin presented to the board a really, really detailed dossier of all the players they wanted to sign. Um, it was Trevor um, and, uh, and uh, Jacob were in there as the first two, because they were the first ones we were going to sign, as you know. Um, so they went really, really well. They had several, several subjects. We wanted two centre backs, a winger, central mid, defensive midfielder, and a goalie. Guess what we got at the end? You know? So they weren't all the first names on the sheet, but Stephen said, you know, um, Stephen got a little bit frustrated with you know other people, some people passing to bigger, more exciting clubs, or whatever, or, or, on different terms or whatever. Um, but um, you know, I said to him that you know if we stay in League One, continue to progress, people will want to come to us. Out of the pecking order next time, we're just going to keep going and be positive. And uh, they've done a great job. Um, and uh, overall, as Cole stayed and got the new players, Joe Ryunga, Aaron Wildey, uh, who've come on, and Adam Phillips have come back so well. I think it's just an amazing and fantastic transfer. Window. And uh, Stephen and Martin have done a fantastic job. It's, um, it's as well, it's a really like you, you, when you're working with people. And you're working and you're able to watch people like Stephen and Martin and, and, and in action, you realise just how active they are and, and the amount of work that went into bringing those players in and also, you know, finding places for, for the players who went out it was, was just enormous. Like it was, um, you know, they, they, Stephen said it to us in, in December. He said, listen, I think we've got, you know, the first couple secured. But it's going to be a bit like a fruit machine after that, and and he was right. You know the number of sort of names and changes, and then you don't know if clubs are going to recall loanees or not, and you don't know um, whether the clubs are going to come in for this player or that player or what. You know, it, it was yeah. It's um it's almost it moves so quickly that you can't keep track of it. But ultimately, um yeah, they said they wanted to do this, and and that's exactly what they did. So can't and knock it. Special mention to Mick Horton and John Schofield as well. So yeah. Fantastic, fantastic job. A lot of work. I have to say, you can the difference between uh, the sort of December squad and the squad that we've got now, um, you can see the differences. I personally, I look at it and think, well, actually, Jacob and Trevor have settled everybody down at the back, and I know, yes, we're still conceding. We're always going to concede. Teams do, but we look a lot more solid, and that in itself has helped the midfield push a bit further forward which got us two goals up at Accrington because we were, we were literally, as Joel has said, exploiting the gaps. And we look, we look a far better proposition just competing-wise, Joel. Yeah, definitely. Like, there, there were areas that, like, like uh, Charlie and James have said, like, it sounds like Stephen and uh, Martin, they all, they all knew exactly what, they, what areas they needed to address and then they've gone for it. And, you know, I think 
with the kind of backline becoming a bit more settled, and like you say, the, maybe the midfield can have a bit feel a bit more secure with that and how they kind of go about attacking, but also kind of pressing without the ball and how they kind of how they operate in that kind of way. So yeah, I, I think it's been such a hugely positive window and. I think what you were saying with the squad as well, I was kind of looking at it, I kind of did a little kind of little team lineup, looked up our kind of backup options or whatever. And I think the squad now kind of makes a bit more sense. Yeah. It feels a bit more directed towards the kind of the, the way that we want to play. And you can see why that didn't quite transpire in, in, in summer, maybe as much as we would have liked because Stephen had to sign 19 players, which is mental. So it was always there was always going to be a little kind of bit of a hiccup. Some the, the the kind of success rate was always going to likely be a bit lower because of the amount of work and just yeah the sheer volume of work he had to do over the summer. But now it's kind of taking shape more. Probably what I imagine what he more would have wanted initially. So now that's in place. You know, hopefully we can just kick on and stay up. I thought I thought to myself on Tuesday night was that the strongest eleven maybe. A left left back potentially, but was that the strongest shrimps team of all time that we lined up on Tuesday night? Yeah, you could be right there. You could be right. Um for the simple and like you say, the strength in depth as well, because I thought the bench looked particularly yeah. strong. And there's been times this season where you've looked and there's been Connor Pye and uh, you know, uh, um Jamie Nicholson. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh, hang on a minute here. Yeah, can we change it? But I felt we could change it. And he did. Obviously, he went three at the back, brought Reese on, and then John Abiki came on, and then obviously Conley came, Dylan Conley came on as well. And we were going for it, and it worked, didn't it? Because yeah. we had 15 minutes there where Sheffield Wednesday suddenly realised oh. we've, played, we've played really well, but we're only one goal up. And they suddenly th- realised we've got to work hard to, to actually, because every team, no matter who you are, even Man City, have 10 minutes in a game where another team gets, gets a foothold. And uh, and we did that. We did that really well. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for us. But that's just the way it is. Do you have a special guest on, John? Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. Uh, we'll 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 get to, we'll move on now. We've got a special guest. Uh, this has been organised by Charlie, uh, and we've got Ed Walker joining us from the D three D four podcast, which I don't know if you've listened to, but he's very informative, particularly about our division, uh, and he's going to join us now. Ed, thanks for joining us. Um, You've you've uh, you've stuck your head above the parapet today and decided that you're going to uh, do some forecasts on uh, wh- where everybody's going to finish in this division. And I, I believe you've got some, according to you, you've got some good news for us Morecambe fans. I have. I've um, put my neck on the line as I like to do. You know, it, it's all you know. Predictions are all just a bit of fun at the end of the day. It's quite fun to put it together and see how you compare at the end. And to be honest with you, I think Morecambe can do it. I've got you guys 20th. I think I I really do think it's possible. I'll be honest, quite a bit of it is emotion because I want it to happen. <laughs> but <So do> we. <laughs> I know, but having covered you guys, oh, I just have a lot of belief in that fight. And seeing Stockton stay on at the end of that window, don't underestimate how massive that is. Absolutely huge. You you guys don't need saying, but I think it's possible. I really do, to be honest. So, so go on then. It, 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 it's probably not going to be a surprise. A three out of the four, but who've you got as the four going down? So, it's more the placement of the bottom four, I suppose. Really, is the question, isn't it? Rather than three, I put Doncaster bottom. They're the worst team in the league for me. 
uh, to be honest. I think when we made played them... Signings. Made a lot of signings, Ed. They have, but it feels like they're building to League Two, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if McSheffrey's the proper right fit for them yet. So they've, they've made a lot of mistakes in the summer window and it's cost them dearly, to be honest. They, I think they're the worst in the league. I'll put Gillingham 23rd. It's a bit of an iffy one because Neil Harris, I think, is a really, really good appointment. Very good coup for them to bring in. But they need more than just Neil Harris. You know, Ben Thompson's a nice midfielder, but losing Carl Dempsey to Bolton and other players as well, I think it's probably going to be a case of them when they drop. And then the same with Crew. Crew are just in their cycle, isn't it? This is what Crew do. They have a crop of players that come through, get them up into League One. That crop gets sold on, then they just drop back down again. It's just a cycle yeah. of a Crew fan. And then replacing you lot in 21st. And I had a big think about this. I've gone with Wimbledon. Mm. To be honest with you, it's one. It's you or them. To be honest, I think Fleetwood will go clear. I back Lincoln to get clear. I back Shrewsbury and Cheltenham and that to do enough to stay away. It's between you lot and Wimbledon, and I just feel like Wimbledon. I don't have as much faith in them getting wins as you guys do. If this could well go down to the very last day, which you might not want to be the case, but. <laughs> Sunderland just, at home, we've got. Is it Sunderland at home? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because I think about, you know, we go to Burton Albion, we go to around April time, don't we? Like yeah. April kind of. I remember a game we had at South End three years back at Roots Hall. South End were down the relegation zone. They were fighting about as well. We came to them as a kind of a top pass side that season was pretty much over. And South End were absolutely brilliant. They were relentless. The energy was brilliant. The fight was brilliant. They won 3-2 on the day. And lo and behold, they go and stay up on the final day with a home win over Sunderland. Oh, there you go. Now, I'm not saying you are Southend, and I don't want you to have the future of Southend because that would just be miserable. No <laughs> one wants to go through that, certainly. But I think the similarities there. I'm quite, I'm quite looking forward to that trip to the Mazuma in April, mainly because I think you guys have had some season. I kind of wish I had a season ticket to you lot. You must have gone through so many emotions so far. Keep an eye on your games. It's just absolutely nuts watching you lot. And I, have so, I'm, I can't lie. From a neutral perspective, I'm really enjoying it. But I think it's a shoot up between you and Wimbledon. I, I just feel like the fearless fights in you lot. You know, I've, I did the game with you lot at the Pirelli. Um, I think it was mid-October we did it. And I was so impressed with the way you just approached the game. You do have this kind of gone-ho approach to matches, go and outscore the opponent. And yes, you will get on the end of defeats because of that, because that's why you commit numbers forwards. But it's going to get you more points than a more conservative approach would get. I'm absolutely certain of that. I've got a lot of Wimbledon Wimbledon fan friends down here who live live close to to the club. And uh, they're really worried they just haven't got enough goals. Yeah, that's that's my worry as well. Selling Oli Palmer to Wrexham isn't great for them. And I haven't been a fan of that. Aaron Preston, if I learned from Brentford, I haven't been impressed with him. Um, I can't remember they brought Thorwood in. They brought, I know they brought Lee Brown as a left back. They're on a bit of a winless run at the moment, similar to Cheltenham. And until they start picking up that wind, you've got to worry about them at the moment. So, really, you're actually backing up your point about the fact the difference between the two sides could be Cole Stockton. Yeah, absolutely. To me. And you I can't look at it. What, what is he second in the charts at the moment? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Se- 17 in the huge. league and 20 all told. Absolutely huge. Uh, which, uh, I'll be honest, he's always promised that he could do that. Uh, and I do remember um, when we got him the second time from Tranmere, a lot of Tranmere fans came on our message board saying, oh, he's not good enough for League Two. And they were right, because he's easily good enough for League One. <laughs> it's it's great what's happened with Stockton, because I know what you're saying, he's been absolutely thrilled to you, but every, prior to that move to Morecambe, I don't think anyone really thought of anything of him. Maybe it was just the wrong fit. You know, with him being the, the focal point of this team, just 
being the sole man up top, the one that all the play goes through. It just fits perfectly for him. It fit well under Adams. It fit well under Robinson as well. I did not expect him to have 17 league goals. Who saw that coming? And the audacity of that, that one against Sleetwood, 94th minute, halfway line. Are you having a laugh? Are we, is, is He's it? taken the mick. He's actually taken the mick out of this. And this is why I'm saying I kind of wish I had a more consistent ticket because if I'd been there for that, I wouldn't have bothered with any other games for the rest of the season. I'd just be like, yeah, I'm done. Football's done. I'm happy now. Go he's, got own. Own, he's got his own goal of the season competition. It's incredible. Yes, Absolutely yes. incredible what he's doing. Um, so, I, I can't, I can't, don't think any of us can argue with looking at the league table as it is now. Uh, you would say that that three, they're not cast adrift by a long way, but the three that you've picked there, Doncaster, Crew, and Gillingham, are all in free fall. And I think you're quite right about Neil Harris. I think Neil Harris is... He's, uh, he's not going to be in under any illusions of what he's taken over there. And I think, quite sensibly, that probably all three really should be preparing for life in League Two next season. And that's not to say the only ones who aren't cast adrift, as you said, are us. But there are six, even six or seven teams that could get sucked into it, aren't there, Ed? There are, but I kind of think they're more heading in a positive direction. The one out the ones probably higher up would be Shrewsbury for me. Yeah, They've had a really bad window. Again, they're just not strengthening there as they need. They're still really low on midfielders. They've got more left-backs than any other position at the minute. It's ridiculous. I think the part of the time they've been playing a left-back at centre-back, a left-back at wing-back, and another left-back in midfield. And that left-back's now gone to Swansea. They have brought in Tom Flanagan to Sunderland, who is an expert and player. I think he'll be very dependable for them. Very good signing. But He's not left-sided as well, then. No, no. He, 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 he played left-back for us because that was Nigel Clough being Nigel Clough, but he is a right-side defender naturally and he's, he can be a Northern Ireland international when he's playing his best as well, so he should be a good player for them. But Shrewsbury, something about Steve Cottrell that I just hate. He's, <laughs> he's got this... <laughs> it's his attitude, do you not think? You see him some pictures. He's a bit like, you know, John Yems at Crawley. Yeah. The thing is, I quite like John Yems because he's just straight to the point. It's quite funny, yeah. but with Cottrell, he just sounds nasty. Really, really... What's the word? Just really mean to the reporter, like I just don't, just don't talk to me. I really don't want to do this. But distances of gems, I quite like it. Well, I don't maybe, know, Shrewsbury, might, maybe for them. Yeah. But the other ones, I think Cheltenham should be fine. Cheltenham going upwards. Lincoln will go upwards. Sleetwood, I think their signings have really improved them as well. Yeah. So I still think it's between you and Wimbledon, really. Well, I can't argue with that, guys. What do you think, James? Um. I think I agree in terms of those those, those bottom three um, that they are where they are. That there are there are two full wins adrift, and the their transfer activity does indicate that um, they're expecting to be battling and battling away on a smaller budget next year. Um, I, I agree with 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 Ed. I think um, Shrewsbury is a team, and Shrewsbury and Wimbledon actually are the two teams that um, in terms of their form. Um, Shrewsbury actually were on good form 10 games ago, but it's declined over the course of the last few games. And actually, Shrewsbury form over the last six games is one of the poorest. And it's also poor versus um, opposition that typically you would expect to get fewer points against. So, it, yeah, Shrewsbury are the team that have probably slipped back to where they were before they, they, they hit form. I think um, one of the lights to me with Shrewsbury, sorry, would be Daniel Ludo up top, who yeah. has found a bit of good going score and they needed that badly. Like, for instance, one of the Wimbled- things that Wimbledon would mean is they brought in Cosgrove. Now, Cosgrove, when he was at Aberdeen, was quite good. Pretty dependable Scottish League goal scorer. He went to Birmingham with a two million. Nothing from him. One of the worst signings I think Birmingham have done in recent times. It's really right. He's gone to Shrewsbury, a league below, and he's also looked rubbish. And now he's at Wimbledon, and I don't know what his level is. 
might well end up in but, league, league two next season. He doesn't and and goals is going to be important. I mean, you know, Wimbledon yeah. have not been scoring many goals, and draws do not do not save you. Draws, draws are draws now in these last eighteen games, unless you draw all eighteen games, <laughs> are not very useful. And um, so you've got to win well, games. Cheltenham's form, they've won the game for 13 games and they gave Wimbledon's game in hand against Cheltenham. We've got to play Cheltenham at home. So if, if Cheltenham were to lose the game against Wimbledon, I don't know if they'd be drove right back into it. But, yeah, know, Cheltenham's big problems, they can't hang on to Leeds at the minute. They've thrown them away in quite a few of the recent. We went up there um 8th of January. They had a brilliant first half, probably should have been more than a goal ahead, but we pulled back level with the Jebbers and Equalizer and take a point off them. They, they're going to win this one as well, but I think that's more down to them. Not having the defensive validity which you had them last season, really. Yeah, I agree. And it's a... I think, go on. The, 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 the big thing for me is there's, there's, there's a lot of games left in terms of football left. As we get into those, like, those last seven, eight, nine games of the season, there's going to be teams that have got nothing to play for. And typically, what happens then is if you've got something to play for, you've got a good squad and you've got the right players fit, you win games against those teams that aren't fighting for the playoffs, that aren't worried about dropping down. And so things could move around quite a lot in the last seven, eight, nine games of the season. Um, but it, it, I agree, it's Wimbledon or Shrewsbury along with those other three. And I'm not just saying that out of, um, you know, belief or optimism or, 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 or bias because I'm, I'm, I'm Morecambe. But our form has got better, 12, 10, 8, 6 games as we've gone through the last few weeks. Our squad's better as well. We score goals and we can win games. I'm not convinced that Shrewsbury and, and Wimbledon will win as many That's games the thing. That's why I agree. More, more can feel like a four-three team rather than a one-nil team. Yes. Think of this about the games. You know, the, the two against Wick, the Wickham game, for instance, is just a madness. The Wimbledon game, even at the Mazuma, was a crazy one, wasn't it? As well. It's, uh, it's yeah. like I like I like this more approach they've got to try and outscore teams. It, it's getting a lot of plaudits, even if you guys don't survive the season. I'll be a big fan of it. I think James was sort of like subtly subtly tried to persuade you that when Burton come to us in April that your lads will be on the beach there. <laughs> oh, there's a chance. I'm not going to lie, there's a chance of it. You know, what is it, 9th of April, I think, off the top of yeah. my head? There's and a chance could... of it. You know, I, I I personally think we're too fast playoffs. I think there's a gap of quality in the mid between us and those top sides. We need a Mansfield Town-style run of form to get into them. And this month, as I've said, we've got We've got to play Sheffield Wednesday, we've got to play Portsmouth, we've got to play Ipswich, Bolton, Sunderland. So if we come out of February with any decent points, then we have a chance. If not, the season's probably done for me. So there's yeah. every chance boy could come there with nothing really to play for apart from position. And I, I have to say, I think Bolton have done some, as they did last season, done some great business in the transfer window. Uh, it's what changed the season round last year and they went on a fantastic run and he's, Everett's done exactly the same again. And obviously beating, <laughs> costing Lee Johnson his job. Uh, with the 6-0 the and then uh, comfortably beating Cambridge the other night. My son-in-law is a Bolton fan and he said there should have been 6-7 or seven there. So I'm, I'm actually quite frightened for us because we've got them at home on Saturday, Joel. Yeah, I, I went to see them play Wickham a few weeks ago and, and they lost that one 2-0, but uh, the, the, they, they kind of got Wickham, you know, what Wickham like. The Wickham were effective in, in both boxes and they know how to win games. Uh, Bolton were kind of verging on being quite a good side. They just didn't. It, they were playing some nice stuff. It just wasn't quite clicking. Dion Charles, I think, was working his way back to full fitness, but now it has clicked. That Marlon Fossey they've got down the right, he's really, really good. Uh, so yeah, half, I, half a lion. I, half a lion. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 you know, he's, he, he looks like he's coming back into a bit of form. I think uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Greg Lee isn't too jet lagged. Uh, and he's okay to play because I think we'll need we'll need him against uh, 
Yeah, Fossey and, and yeah, the, 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 the Bolton game was. Well, we played them start of um. It was a Monday night actually. It was on Sky game. I've never felt more lucky to pick up a nil nil in my life. I got abused from Bolton fans on Twitter after that game, even though I had nothing to do with the match. We frustrated the hell out of them. Got a nil nil draw. They had a disallowed goal. Amount of time wasting from Ben Garrett was actually quite funny. We come out of there, and I just went straight to that. I just said, right, we take that point. We run for the hills because we've nabbed off them there completely. Well, my my counter for what what I, what I am grasping on to hope for is fate because uh, obviously they've just broken a uh, a clean sheet record. Uh, James Trafford four consecutive clean sheets in his first four Bolton games. Uh, the person whose record he broke was, of course, Simon Farmworth from no, 1983. Yeah. So, obviously, now Farney's with us on our bench, watching from the sideline, that obviously means we're going to score about four goals. That's just how it works. And also, you and Charlie can talk superstition like that all night. It's nonsense. <laughs> uh, well, it's not true with the House of Banks 100 game recently, because it wasn't. It doesn't, <laughs> I'm afraid it doesn't work that easily, lads. <laughs> and I'm clinging on them. But I'm sorry, they've just... They've, I think... The result against Sunderland, I think, come the end of the season, that's probably going to be the result of the season, if not one of the results of the season. Well, Oxford will give you a run for that money with that win at Gillingham as well. That was a yeah, yeah, exactly, weekend. Yeah. I come out of the link, we've been at Lincoln, I come out of the game, we've got a great win. I look at the scoreline, I see 6 0 Bolton, I think, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like, uh, if they Bolton win, it wouldn't surprise me, but 6 0 was just absolutely nuts. Yeah, but then what, what happened after the match with sacking Lee Johnson when the team's below you, even if they win the games in hand, can't go above you. I'm like, the world's gone mad. That's just Sunderland want to be Sunderland. They don't want to be top, and if they're not top, they think something's wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What, apparently Roy Keane's taking a job there, which is going to be box office. Well, That's well, going to be a lot of fun if he ends up oh, with that. I, I, oh, I want it to happen because I think it'd be funny, but not because I think it would work for them. I don't either, to be honest. I don't, I don't know if he... I mean, he, he talks the talk as a pundit, doesn't he? So time to prove his worth. It'd be quite fun when you have Soccer Saturday and you've got Hasselbank and Keane both there and then probably just Carragher, who hasn't got any League One managerial experience. It'd be quite funny. I, I, <laughs> who's going to be on Saturday? Morgan Bolton? I think a draw, Saturday. Well, I'll take a draw. Who's at home, sorry? Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, Morecambe. Yeah, Morecambe. Yeah, Morecambb. That, that does play an impact for me, Mazuma. Yeah, um, yeah, I it, think it'll be a draw. And I think I'll probably take that. It's it's quite small our pitch. I think which does play a little bit of a, an advantage towards us actually for our home games, especially when you've got a team like Bolton whose home pitch is quite big, and they'll want to move the round, move it around, and try and stretch teams. I think. Just having a slightly, I think it does play a little bit of advantage, and obviously the, the home crowd as well. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'll see Morgan win. I don't care. Well, you said 4 <laughs> 0. <laughs> yeah, 4 0. 4 0 to Morgan. It's going to come crashing down. James, are you going to make a prediction? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it'll be 2 1, two, one to Morgan. I think it, it'll, be, it'll be a tough game. But Bolton scored, scored a lot of goals recently, um, and they'll come in, come in confident. But um, they, they might underestimate us, and we played some very good sides in the last few weeks. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's Spurs at you know at Spurs, or whether it's whether it's Sheffield Wednesday at Sheffield Wednesday, or Wigan and Wickham. We played some really good teams. We've been tested, and we've been scoring goals against all of them. So um, yeah, I think, I think we'll win two one. I do as well. Oh, okay, that's that's good enough for me. We've got one more match to talk about, and that's away at Sinsel Bank next Tuesday. Um, Lincoln are a funny side, Ed, aren't they? They're, they're hot Very. and cold. 
Yeah, very. We, we went down there on Saturday, put in what's probably our best away performance of the season, I think, personally, to be honest. Um, beaten 2-1. We hadn't beaten Lincoln since they come back in, up to non-league, so it was quite a good occasion to actually get one over. The last first time I think we've beaten them since 2011. They've definitely improved. They needed forwards and they've got forwards in. I think Marquis is a very good acquisition. Someone who just didn't really cut it at Portsmouth. I don't think he's a very dependable goal scorer at this level. To be honest with you, when you watch his highlight reel, I actually think he has some shocking misses in there as well. So he could probably get even more than he does. But I think he'll prove his worth to them as well. Oh, they're so hard to judge. It's a bit like Sheffield Wednesday at the other end, I think. You just can't really tell what they're going to do. I think for them, they're not making playoffs. They're, they're nowhere, getting nowhere near that. They might be able to put to the top half if they push hard enough. But I think they're the team you can get at. They're very, very vulnerable to set pieces. So if that is a strength and more can make use of it, that's what I say. Well, it's it, it, we we actually won the home game two 0 and they played some absolutely glorious football, but had absolutely nothing up front all night. <laughs> You've got that absolutely right. But they knocked it about and they played it out from the back. They were doing uh, quite a lot of teams now, even in this division now, will do short short goal kicks and try and play out and try and pull you all over. And they did that beautifully. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we got a goal ahead, that was up to that point. That was probably our most complete performance of the season, James, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was one of those. I mean, Joel and I could talk XG on this on this point, and, and probably bore all our fans who hate the fact that we do that. But that that linking game, we I thought we were lucky not to concede a goal, and possibly lucky not to concede two, because we were, you know, making last ditch tackles, people putting yeah. their bodies on the line, flinging themselves in front of balls, and it was one of those where it could easily have been two all. Um, I agree. It was a good defensive performance and a good attacking performance, and so you know it was it was, it was a nice win. I think they're on form and they're on form against good see, good good teams as well. So I think we'll get a draw on Tuesday night. I think that, that I'll be happy with the draw on Tuesday night. Weirdly, I think that the game on Tuesday is just as tough as the game on Saturday. Charlie, um, I, I, I just hope we get four points out of the two. We're not bothered which way around it is, but I think we can. Well, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to finish with Ed now. We've talked about the bottom, and uh, we've talked about the bottom. Who are your, who's automatic and who's in the playoffs? Go on, stick your head right on the block now. Uh, it's quite boring. It's the current six. The only difference is I'm swapping Wigan and Rotherham around, so we're going to win the title because they've got about half the season still to play. And I know uh, it will be a congested period, but they don't even have to win all those games to do it. They're, they're the two best teams in the meet, Wigan and Rotherham. But the Wigan game Burton had there was the worst performance of the season. It was like a training drill for them. They just passed it round because they could, because we were down to 10 men for so long. I think they win the title. I think Rotherham takes second. Sunderland third for me. I don't uh, know. With, it, uh, with, with Roy Keane in charge. With Roy Keane. Well, supposedly with Roy Keane in charge, yeah. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I always like Roy Keane when he does his punditry because he, he talks about the tree in midfield. And I'm like, oh, he's suddenly have got a tree in midfield. That'll be quite interesting. <laughs> Should find Fellaini. Um, yeah, I think I think I get third. I've just, the, I guess they got rid of Johnson in the idea that this next appointment is going to get the level they need, and I don't think it will, to be honest. Uh, MK Don's fourth. I really like this team. I think they might be my pick for the playoffs at the moment to actually win the whole thing. I think they're a very, very good outfit, and I actually think they're better under Liam Manning than they were under Russell Martin because yeah. with Martin. Yes, they kept a lot of possession and passed around, but they were sometimes a little bit too patient on the ball, whereas with Manning, they go to the kill more. And yeah. you're noticing that with a lot of their games. They've done a double over Burton as well. Wickham fifth, they're, yeah. just, they're, getting, they're getting in there. Ainsworth, that team. I think Gareth McCleary's far too good to the level. 
he's one of those. I mean, these teams at the top have got one player that you just look at and think you shouldn't be at this level. And it's Gareth McLeary to me in that Wigan team. And we know how they play. We know that they can slow games down. We know that they can frustrate. They're good at it. It works. So you can't really knock them for doing it either. And the sixth spot was really tricky to go with, but I've gone with Oxford. Just because I'm quite a fan of what Carl Robinson has them playing. I yeah, think yeah. they're probably one of my favourite teams. They've got a very, very good midfield unit. Matty Taylor's such an effective goal scorer at the level in this system. And I think it'll be playoffs again for Oxford with Plymouth maybe running them close. But that could be quite a good battle. For me, that top five I'm very confident with. And it's probably to me between Oxford and Argyll, maybe Sheffield Wednesday and Bolton, depending on how their form goes as well. I, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying there about uh, MK Dons. I was very impressed. They did us 4-0 at home. And uh, they looked, they looked, we played really well that day, bizarrely, but just missed all our chances. Um, but, but they were clinical that day. Everything they've had a very good window as well, yeah. yeah. And very, very that's what players. I was going to say about Wigan. Wigan have got such, such strength in depth now, getting McGuinness and uh, uh, you know, all the signings they've made. They could put sort of two teams out there. It's what Wigan should do in League One. Last season was an exception because they came down in such dire conditions. And, Staying up was probably one of the best things Liam Richardson has done, and he's just converted them now into a team that gets promotion because that's what Wigan should do in League One. I think they've won, I think they won three League One titles over the years, and I think there's every reason they could get a fourth one as well. Yeah, I wouldn't just argue with that. Well, and then Rotherham just there. go back and forth, so that's natural to Rotherham. <laughs> hey, again, Paul Warren knows what he's doing. He can get he him. Does. So thank you very much, Ed. Um, thanks to James. Thanks to Charlie. Thanks to Joel. Um, uh, we've got the only thing I want to want to finish with. Obviously, this is the Shrimps Trust podcast. Seven hundred members, Joel. We've got to celebrate that now. No, yeah, definitely. It, it's really impressive. I think obviously we've been able to kind of use a bit of the, that momentum th- from from going up with the promotion, and maybe a few more people kind of getting back in touch with the club. With maybe the games being online, kind of almost gave a bit of an avenue avenue for that. But yeah, it's been great to build uh, that kind of member base up. If you haven't joined, join. We do cool things, I like to think, like this podcast, lots of nice stuff around, uh, just done lots of nice stuff around Christmas, kind of for charity and things like that. Uh, helping, the, uh, helping the club out by raising money uh, for certain projects, like obviously the, the uh, helping out with the, uh, the roof behind the goal. So, yeah, if you haven't joined, signed up, join up, please. We'd be very grateful. Yeah. It would be rude of me not to say uh, best of luck to Burton for the rest of the season. We'll see you in April, Ed. We'll see you next season, lads. Yeah, oh, hey. now, now that I do. <laughs> and, on, and on that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> Join us next week.